Um, I'm just going to get straight into it. The book of James is such a fantastic book. Uh, if you can get the heart of what's been going to be spoken about this morning, it's going to liberate you. I know uh, I can get trapped in some pretty decent messed up theology where it's all about works, works, works to be good. Man, God, I, you know, I know I've stuffed up again. Uh, Lord, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've got to pray a thousand times, bow down a thousand times or whatever it is. Um, if you get the heart of what God's trying to say this morning, it's all about grace. It's all about his love and his awesomeness. It's going to be fantastic. So let's get into it. James chapter 2. And by the way, this chapter is probably one of the most uh, well-known verses in the whole uh, book of James. Um, yeah, and it's all about works. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If, you, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? What good is it? What good is it? If somebody goes through you know, pain and challenges, if you just say, God bless you, and, but do nothing, what good is that? I remember when a guy turned up and showed up at our church. Uh, it was pretty late at night. He said he came down here for a, uh, for a job interview. He was from up north. Um, I think he saw the church sign as he was walking up uh, Valley Road up the hill there. And he looked sort of, sort of like church sign. Uh, and he turned in, showed up, showed up at my uh, front driveway. And, you know, and um, he said, oh, is the church open? And I said, I looked at my watch. Not at 9 o'clock at night. It's not. But... Um, and then, and then he, he was going to go away and I said, hang on, hang on, where are you going to sleep? Because I don't know. And I was thinking about my family and I said, oh, here man, here's some blankets, here's some clothes. I know for the night, um, yeah, you can at least be warm wherever you're going to sleep. So I, so I just left him to it. In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith. I have deeds. Show me faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? Here we have two different people. One is Abraham, he's called the father of the faith. And then we've got Rahab, who's called a prostitute. And how can the two be mixed in the same verse? It's quite strange. Abraham is a friend of God. Abraham is the father of a faith, and yet God is putting the two together, a prostitute in the same category. How does God compare the two and make them similar? It's because God sees everyone 
through grace. God sees everyone through grace. No matter what you've done, no matter what background you have, God sees you guys through, through the eyes of grace. God doesn't define us by our past. He doesn't define us by labels, what people's expectations or, or whatever um, labels or words or people are speaking over you. It matters what God says about you. So why does God call her Rahab the prostitute? Why bring something over from the Old Testament into the New Testament? Firstly, who is Rahab? She is mentioned in the book of Joshua as a prostitute from Jericho. And, for, and we find out that she hides two spies in the roof of her house. Here's why. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We're all afraid of you. Everyone is in the land is in living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea. When you left Egypt, and we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings of east of the Jordan River, whose people you, who you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have mounted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a person who knows what their God is, who the living God is, who wants to be on the living side. You know, I want to be on the winning team. Nobody wants to be on the losing team. Nobody kind of wants to be on the rugby league that I support for many, many years and never won a premiership and uh, will still hope one day there is a miracle coming to that team. Anyway, then we find hundreds of years later, Rahab is recorded in the book of Matthew. She's in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. How this weird, this is whacked out, a prostitute. Um, again, in Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of faith. But we find she's still called the Rahab, the prostitute. Why does she keep on being referred to this way? Can she not just be Rahab now that her past has been redeemed or no longer that person? No matter how people labor you, no matter the mistakes you've made, God can still use you for great things. I'm the classic example of that. made plenty of mistakes in my life, but God can still, if he can use me, a Maori boy that comes from Turco with a dysfunctional family for, Af uh, for many, many other countries in this place. James chapter 2, verse 25, in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. It's not one or the other, guys, ladies and gentlemen. It's not faith or deeds. It's yes and yes. Yes to faith and yes to deeds. That's the theme about today. It's yes and yes. Yes to faith, yes to deeds. Yes and yes. It might shock some of you, but I know, I know this, this man standing up on this stage does make mistakes sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yes, 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 I do confess I do make mistakes. And there's a good chance if you're married or you know someone really, really close to you that... Uh, uh, you've had the talk. <laughs> the talk. The talk. Um, 
A classic example in, in my house. <laughs> this is my wife in the front, the front uh, row. Is that facial hair on the bathroom floor? Um, where? In front of you. I can't. Judah. Judah's my two-year-old girl. Judah, I told you mum wouldn't be happy with your facial hair on the floor. I don't know what's up with these kids these days. You know, I don't know. It must be something that you're feeding these kids that they're dropping their hair all over the show. I, I don't know. But seriously, no, it doesn't go like that. I do clean it up. And I've had to learn it the hard way that lying does not pay. If you do the crime, you've got to do the time. But, but seriously, there are times when it does, uh, it does get pretty heated in, in, in our family. Um, and in all honesty, when, when Anna and Vi had the talk, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm 100% right and I, I will fight, you know, like um, there's some pretty heated discussions. No, 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 no. Well, no, I didn't say that. I said this. No, you didn't. Well, what you meant by this, but anyway, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I was, you know, uh, in my family, the family that I've grown up with, if you've got an issue with someone, I've tend, um, we, instead of communicating about it, we tend to hold it in. And that's where problems start to arise. You know, minutes turn into hours. Hours turn in, into days. Days into weeks. And that was the norm in the family that I grew up, and on and on. The little becomes a lot, and a lot more. It's a bigger, and into, into um, snowballs, into something crazy. You know, I'm a Christian, which is fake, and I know, but my deeds at that time when I'm holding stuff in aren't matching the right thing to do, which is to talk and sort it out. You know, as I've journeyed with God and believe, that's faith, that I am a Christian who has chosen me to love, which is the deeds or works, my wife. I have been given the responsibility to be the man, to grow up and act as I should have or should, which is deeds, to step up, take responsibility and say, you know what, I definitely could have said that a lot differently. I'm sorry. But with God's way, it's always yes and yes. And I've had some awesome examples in my life. I went to, over to a pastor's place. <laughs> um, they did have a, 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 a minor uh, dispute. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it might sound, it might sound a, bit, um, a bit funny, but... I sort of, here's a couple. Here's a couple who will stand up for what they believe in. Here's a couple who will show what it's like to sort things out and get it sorted in a, in a godly way, you know. And that's what I needed. And for the, for the children who, who were there witnessing that, that, that stuff, you know, you might think it's funny, but, I, you know, if only I had that example when I was growing up. And it's gutting, you know, that it's good that I can learn now, but it could have saved my uh, my upbringing and my parents are a whole lot of trouble when they were, growing, when they were going through their marriage. Ephesians 2, chapter 8, 
uh, Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are not saved by works. We are saved for good works. Titus 3.8, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. It's a living faith, guys. It's a living faith. It's not a faith that just, hand, you know, you're sitting down, you're just uh, keeping stuff to yourself. It's a living, outworking, pouring, a physical, getting out there, living kind of faith. I've, been, I've had so many times where I should have spoken up, but I've just, just tended just to keep the status quo. Uh, I don't care what, um, actually, I do care what people think. I'll, I'll hold back and just keep the peace. But it's a living faith. It's not a faith that talks, but a faith that walks. It's a faith that is spiritual, but also serves. The New Testament provides us with the examples of someone who take, of people taking sides about whether it should be this or that. That's where we get into the problem, guys. It should be faith only or works only. If it's separated, then we get into a whole lot of problems. A tendency to pick sides and based on personal views. If it's not our view or, or God's view, then it's our view, sorry. If it's not God's view, then it's ours, our view. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's spiritual? Who's not spiritual? I've got faith. You've got the works. You know, are you a Mary or a Martha? If you read in the New Testament, there were two ladies who have just come to Jesus, or Jesus has come to their house. And one lady decides to sit down at her Jesus' feet, and one lady decides to prepare meals. Like Mary, we do at times need to uh, sit at Jesus' feet. But then how are they supposed to eat as well? So there's that, there's that tension there as well. So who's right or who's wrong? You know, when the church operates like this, or well, the only people that suffer are the lost, hurting people of our community because they are not experiencing the God because we're too focused on this or that. And that's not a church that you, that's united. You know, the enemies loves, loves bringing division. We heard uh, last week when Pastor Trinity spoke about um, <laughs> favoritism, sorry, it's written in my notes, favoritism, and it's a, it's a divisive, power, powerful, powerful thing to split the church, favoritism. Um, <clears throat> you know, from the very beginning, Satan's been always trying to separate our relationship with God and making it either this, but God's way is yes and yes, yes to faith, Yes to deeds. Uh, see what the enemy or the worldly thinking will tell you is this. It's faith against deeds. Spiritual against the practical. Prayer against serving. Worship against works. Conviction against compassion. Belief against behavior. It's, easier, it's, it's really easy just to choose sides. But for God, it's yes and yes, it's works and deeds. You know, Jesus said yes to faith. 
yes to deeds, yes to spiritual, yes to serving, yes to prayer, yes to practical, yes to worship, yes to works, yes to belief, yes to behavior, yes to conviction, yes to compassion, yes to holiness, yes to helping others. It's yes and yes. We see this in life, you know, I'm a Coke guy, I'm a Pepsi guy, I'm a coffee guy, I'm a tea guy, I like the toilet seat down guy, I like the no woman, I like the toilet seat up for guy, you know, I like the toilet paper under, I like the toilet paper over. (laughs) It's okay, we can get along, I'm pretty sure. But Jesus says it's faith and deeds, it's worship it works. Save people, serve. Save people, serve. If we don't activate our faith, and then the flame can uh, grow cold and alone. Uh, this morning I had a dream, and it just fits in right in with that place. Uh, I, was, I was just running, running uh, with my family, and I decided I knew a shortcut through some, some sort of alleyway. Walked down this alleyway, and got separated by my family because I knew it was a faster way. And then I got into a bit of trouble. Some two guys were uh, robbing and, and things like that. And they started uh, shooting. And instead of running away or attacking the guys, I decided to just stay there and just hide and hope that they wouldn't find me. And we can be sometimes like that. We can become, we think we know better. We're not surrounded by friends or family or getting together with you know guys um, uh, having a movie, creating a mess on the floor with other people have to clean up or whatever it is they have to do. But we're just making sure that we're getting together. If we start isolating yourself, that's when we get into trouble. Things come into our minds and where we, hey, we're not connected with God or people or influences where people can sharpen us and hit us and send us in the right direction. I say, hey, man, what's going on? I haven't seen you for a while. Oh, it's because I've been going through this X, Y, and Z. Hey, why didn't, you talk, why didn't you talk about it? Oh, I don't know. I didn't think that anyone would have cared about me. Hey, let's get around. Remember, cold embers go cold when they're, in, when they're alone and isolated. You see, when we reach out to people, when, we, when serving people on a team, that will fan the flame. And that will help you burn brighter. It's awesome just to give out to people and people because you can see, oh man, giving is actually awesome. You know, you can you can see the joy and and the expression on their faces and so on and so on. You know, I love what uh, Pastor Brian Houston said from Hillsong. I have a heart for the house because the house first had a heart for me. I have a heart for the house because the house first had a heart. For me, I remember way back, way back in the day when this when this whole church was a whole lot differently. This, the seats were blue, the carpet was red. These curtains up here were gold. Uh, we had an OHP over there with the cellophane and shining the words. And sometimes the words would be upside down or inverted, and and it's just really really crazy. Those were the days. And I remember just standing up, uh, starting worship leading, 
and, uh, and, and just learning the ropes there. And then uh, there was a call out for people just to join um, the, the roster for cleaning because we didn't have cleaners back in those days. And I thought of nothing, absolutely anything better than to just put my hand up and say, yeah, I want, I want to clean. I want to clean. Just like Brian Houston said, I had a heart for this house. I remember uh, near that time as well, I gave my heart in that room then with my few friends that I had at the time. And I remember, man, God, you saved me. You loved me so much that you would give your life for me. And then that made me love this house even more. I had a heart for this house. So I didn't care if it was going out to the toilets and scrubbing those toilets or when I see pieces of paper on that floor or whatever it is and just putting that back into the rubbish. I didn't care if it was going through here, uh, vacuuming for hours on end, going through all the chairs and all that sort of stuff. I had a heart for this house. You know, save, people serve. And I want to encourage you guys, you know, if you have a heart and desire to go out there and make an impact, what about starting here in this house where you can serve and you can develop the gifts that you and wonder or hope or to bring into the world? You know, there's no different. I'm no different from you guys. You guys can uh, have a choice, but it's save, people serve. With every spiritual growth, there needs to be a service growth as well. Why? Because save, people serve. Saved people serve. It's always yes and yes. I'm worship leading. Yep, I'm vacuuming. Picking up toilet paper, hand towels off the floor. I don't care. Scrubbing toilets. I wonder if there's anyone in here who will join me in saying yes, yes. Faith and works. Your belief should motivate you into your behavior. When your faith is growing, it should overflow into action. Faith and works are not separate. Instead, they are inseparable. If we are going to experience all that God has prepared for us, we need to do that. Save, people, serve. You know, I love what Martin Luther King said. It's impossible to, uh, it's impossible to separate or take sides on faith or works. It is as trying to separate a burning flame from its brightness. The two are inseparable. Faith and works go hand in hand. James is saying it is, impo- it is impossible to have a solid faith without a solid deed or expression of that faith. You know what, people? Today, they need a living faith. More than ever, people now, you know, COVID-19, uh, people are isolated. They need a living faith. People are separate. They are isolated. People need a living faith. People are living in fear. They're hurt, angry, disappointed. They need a living faith. A living faith with words. And if I can, um, yeah, yeah, if I can have the band up, that'll be much appreciated. A living faith with words. We don't need to be secret service Christians. Don't be camouflaged, guys. Don't be camouflaged. We are living in a day we need to tell our story. You know, tell God. Uh, tell people about, you know what? Uh, I, I struggled with this. You know, I grew up in a family that was like a once warriors. I always use that, that, that example. You know, God uh, saved me and he brought me around 
and you show me how to be a husband and a wife. And it's, it's such, people need to hear those stories. You know, God turned me, I was once, I was once was lost, but now I'm found. People need to hear your story of how he healed you, how he saved your marriage, how he saved you from your sin. He helped you with a problem in your life. You know, tell your story. Tell your story. Get out there. What's the worst that that can happen? Oh, you, whatever, bleep, bleep, bleep. I don't care, man. Tell your story. You know, you can come back if you're abused or bashed or whatever. Come back into this place. We'll build, you know, get amongst the people. We'll build each other up. We'll get out there and smash it again. That's what we need to do. Speak up. Tell your story. Number two, a living faith with works. A spirituality that impresses but doesn't impact a broken and hurt and hurting world is, is no good. Let's use our spirituality to improve our world. Number three, a living faith that worships. God, here is my life. Here are my days. I give all that I am to you. I will come to church and join others and praise and worship. And I just love giving worship, just like what Pastor Trinity said. Worship's all about him. I just love that God. Man, I want to bless you. I want to love you. I want to give my all to you. I will lift my hands. I will lift my worship. I'm going to give you my tithes. I'm going to give you my offerings. I'm going to sponsor a child. I'm going to help my mate. I'm going to help my neighbor, whatever it is. I want to serve and make this place welcoming, just like you. When you welcomed me when I needed it the most, as an 11-year-old kid in that room, this is I'm talking about myself, that's what I needed the most. I needed to know the real, a true Father, uh, the Heavenly Father that will come and come and, and save me and an input into this broken, dysfunctional kid, a kid that didn't know that it was normal to do, experience abuse in whatever fashion or form. Here are my days. Here are the days. I was like Abraham. Here are the days I was like Rahab. Here are my yesterdays. Here are my todays. Here are my tomorrows. I worship you. Take my words. Take my work. I just want to worship you because you are worthy. Matthew 5, 14, 16. You are like a light for the whole world. This is us. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Instead, it is put on the lampstand and where it gives light for everyone in the house. In the same way, your light must shine before people so that they will see the good things and do and praise your Father in heaven. That they will see the good things you guys do. That they see the things that you have to offer. You guys are way different from me. I can only, I'm good in some things, but you know, uh, Seth is better in things than me. I'm not too fussed about that. Uh, Craig, Lance, Evie, you guys are all different from me, but you have strengths and your talents that we can benefit this whole world. The things that you give to God and that you will in turn watch your life and they will praise your Father in heaven. When people see your gifts and your talents, they've got no choice but to give glory to God because your faith is an active faith that will encounter the living God. 
I want to finish with this testimony that, that um, if you uh, do uh, night school, you've heard this already. Uh, in my previous job, I, uh, I had a word for uh, an impression uh, on my heart that I believed. I, oh, I was pretty confident that God spoke to me in my heart about one of the, the guys at work. And I was, I was kind of battling, and I was not battling as the, yeah, really? I'll, I'll explain what, what God um, shared with me soon. But there was like an internal fight within me. How am I supposed to say something like that when this guy's not even a Christian? In fact, he's so far from uh, sounding like one. Every conversation, he's a salesman, so that might help you with where I'm going. Every conversation is, um, how should I say, anything but godly. Um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, colorful words for... The enemy, I should say. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, and it's really weird. Lord, do you really think this about this person? So anyway, I, I just sort of kept it off, and I didn't really know how to broach it to him. So in the, uh, the, the night school, we've been giving practical advice and help how to share our faith and in a way that's not too um, off-putting or sounds like I'm going too uh, spooky for him. So I said, um, hey man, you know, uh, way back in March, um, I know it's July or June, I think it was, I know it's a few, it's way back in March, can you remember that far? Yeah, man, uh, I, just, um, I just wondered if, um, hey, were you going through a tough time at that, at that point? He goes, yes, yes, yeah, sort of, well, why is that? I, so so then, then I came clean, I said, hey man, you know I go to church. Uh, I just really believe that God just said, uh, you know, you were going through a tough time and he just wants to say, you know, you know, he just wanted me to tell you that, you know, he understands what you're going through and he's just letting me know, by letting you know through me that he just wants to tell you that. He says, oh, cool, man. Cool, man. And he goes, Hey, so what's so special about March? That's, this is my question to him. He goes, well, March is around about the time that I think about my dad. March is the time that I found it was when my dad passed away. And every year, every March, it gets quite tough for me. I go, awesome, awesome. Inside I'm going, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I didn't just make it up. So I, said, so I said to him, hey man, I just want to make, just let you know God cares for you. God cares for you so much that, he can, that he's using me, you know, this guy that you hardly even know, but he wants to know that you know, he loves you so much and he cares for you so much. And he goes, oh, cool, man. Thank you. So then, then the phone rings because he's a salesman. He picks up the phone. Oh, hey man, what the, you know, all the, but, but the crazy things was that as he was going through his conversation, oh, hey, I'm sorry, sorry, man, I shouldn't, shouldn't speak like that. I shouldn't speak like that. And he stopped it. He stopped his speech because he had an encounter with God. And I had a smirk on my face as I was turning around and just, uh, just writing on my, tapping away on my computer. And this guy 
was impacted by God. And he goes, and he, at the end of our conversation, we had a little bit of chat afterwards, and he goes, hey, man, you're the second person that's come to me and said something about like that. I remember a mate of mine used to just come out of the blue and say words just like that, just to encourage me and just to help me and pull me along. And I said, awesome, man. You know, you, you mean so much to God that you're so special to him. And that, my friend, is, or for you guys, is an outward expression of faith and deeds. You know, faith to ourselves cannot do just much, you know. So we need to get out there and do the works, do the mahi, man. We say this amongst our, our Māori whānau, you've got to do the mahi to earn the money or whatever it is, but we've got to get out there and make an impact into our community. God sees everyone through grace, just like Rahab, just like my friend at work. He sees everyone through grace. Every myself, uh, when I gave my heart, whatever it was, he sees everyone through grace. You see, God uses the least. He uses the hurting. He uses the lonely. This is me. He uses those with the past. He uses those with hurt. He uses those with trauma. He uses those with success. There is absolutely no other God that does that. No other God in this whole wide world. I love that. And as I finish, if that's you this morning.